Hello, we want to thank today's sponsor, FindMeCandidates.com. Between job boards and social media, it can be a daunting task to determine the best place to post your job opening. And when you are trying to figure that out, we highly recommend FindMeCandidates.com for just $4.99 a month with absolutely no contract. You can get your job listed in the most popular job boards and more importantly in premium placement on those job boards. You can't get this anywhere else. It's an excellent service to get more candidates to fill the position for your company. Go check it out at findmecandidates.com. Welcome to Business Playmakers, the podcast that meets with innovators, trailblazers, and leaders to learn about their experience and what success really means. Hosted by entrepreneur and leadership coach, Kyle Gorman. The Business Playmakers podcast is brought to you by Employer Blueprint. Employer Blueprint is focused on developing great leaders and high-performing managers through one-on-one coaching and group workshops. To schedule coaching for you or your team, simply visit EmployerBlueprint.com. Distractions and opportunities. These are things that as entrepreneurs and as business owners uh, come across our path on a routine basis. And uh, I'm sure many of you out there uh, feel this almost daily even. Um, But certainly uh, through the course of our careers and as we are building our business, um, things continue to come our way that we have to think about and reflect on and determine, are we are we looking down the barrel of a great opportunity or is this simply going to be a distraction? And um, the worry oftentimes for entrepreneurs is, what if we miss out on this amazing opportunity? And yet, the vast majority of the time, what we find is it's really just simply a distraction to our core business and to uh, what we believe in and our core values and, and, and who we are and what we do and where our skill set is. And uh, as entrepreneurs, we consistently have to navigate the waters of recognizing distractions and separating them from opportunities um, and have a willingness to capitalize on those opportunities, but be willing to turn away from the distractions. And um, so, you know, what are some ways that we do that? What are some ways that you have done that? Um you're going to find from our guest today that he came across that and had to determine whether he was looking at a distraction or an opportunity. And you'll be able to hear how he determined that this was actually an opportunity that ultimately really launched his career. But what I want to advise to uh, all of you out there and even to myself as a reminder is that we constantly have to calibrate um, and, and think back to our core mission our core values, our core beliefs, and and what we're trying to accomplish in our business. And um, that's how we can determine whether we are looking at a distraction or an opportunity. If something comes along that matches our mission, that matches our vision, then we may very well be looking at a true opportunity. And especially if we have the backing and support of someone that understands the opportunity that's in front of us. But 
what we oftentimes come across as um, being kind of constantly optimistic is any new opportunity that comes along, we think, well, we can build something of that. We can make something of that. We can do something great with this. But if it doesn't match up to who we really are, it doesn't match up to our mission, it doesn't match up to the vision of who we want to be and, and what we want to build our business as, then we've got to avoid that distraction because it's easy to chase those rabbits and then six months later realize you've just wasted time uh, following a distraction that created no opportunity and in fact usually ends up costing you a lot of time and money. So be thinking about the distractions and the opportunities that come across your desk and how you can navigate those and determine the difference. And I hope you enjoy today's episode as our guest Thomas tells us how he recognized the opportunity and how he was able to capitalize on that to really launch the trajectory of his career and building his business. Also want to remind you, make sure that you go out and subscribe to the show and uh, like us on Facebook at Employer Blueprint um, and uh, provide us feedback that you may have. Thanks so much. Enjoy today's episode. Well, thank you so much for joining us this week on the Business Playmakers podcast. We've got our friend Thomas Keenan with us uh, with a real interesting story and kind of journey to, to how he got to where he is and built the business that he has. So, Thomas, first of all, thank you so much for being here. And um, why don't you just kind of walk us through, tell us about your journey and, and, and uh, what led to where you are now. Hey, uh, Kyle, thanks. I greatly appreciate being here on the podcast with you today. And uh, I look forward to our talk. Um, so I have the traditional story of technician turned business owner. <laughs> uh, I started as a technician and I was in love with car audio. I did everything within my power to learn the technical trade of installing car audio at a, at a very high level. Uh, yeah. And because that, I just loved it. It's what I wanted to do from day one. From yeah. about the time I was about 15 or 16 years old, I just fell in love with it. I fell in love with it, with the automobiles, the fabrication end of it, the high-end audio itself, music, and I wanted everything to do with it. And I focused every bit of my energy onto learning that craft and that trade. Yeah. And um, went about my, my journey, started my first business when I was 21 years old. I uh, thought I knew better than the people I was working for. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I had $300 to my name, started that business, and it lasted five years. Um, I, I'm, not an, I'm not a formally educated man as far as, you know, I didn't go to college. I didn't go to the university. Uh, I definitely went to the school of hard knocks. You know, yeah. I, I opened that business and, uh, you know, the accountant comes in after the first quarter and is like, hey, uh, you have $7,500 in sales tax due. And we have to have it in by like, you know, a day or two from now. What <laughs> yeah. are you talking about? What do you right. mean? <laughs> what are you talking about sales tax? Sales tax. What is that? So uh, I learned the hard way, you know, and um, honestly, I don't regret it. Uh, yeah, I definitely did the hard things in the hard way. But mm -hmm. in my eyes, that was the, that was my version of receiving my MBA. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And so what, um, what ultimately led? So tell us about what you're doing with the GPS systems and, and sure. how all of that looks. So currently, uh, I'm the co-owner and CEO of Top Class Installations. Mm -hmm. And we focus and specialize in the installation of GPS tracking systems and dash camera systems in commercial fleet vehicles. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So it's very related to my original field of car audio. Sure. And what wound up happening was... is. is 
technology advanced, cars got more and more advanced. A lot of the stuff that we were selling and installing for car audio was now becoming available from the factory. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was sometimes just as good, if not better. Yeah. So it was getting harder and harder to make money doing what we love to do. And, and when I say we, I have a partner within top class installations and yeah. he comes from the same background as me. So we, we, he's about 10 years older than me, a couple of years advanced. And, and when I say advanced, I mean, you know, he was getting married and buying houses and having kids and stuff a couple of years before me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he started doing that. I'm coming in behind him, you know, town along. And, uh, we look at each other one day and we're like, man, this is, this is getting hard to keep, to, to earn this, this money and make this profit. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else we can do? <laughs> and uh, a couple of years earlier, a good friend of his had contacted him and said, hey, you know, I'm now working with this company. Uh, the company was called Atroad at the time. And he goes, we just landed a contract with Verizon. Hmm. Uh, would you guys be interested in installing these devices? So mm-hmm. my soon-to-be business partner, takes this on and says, yeah, I'll go do it. And he, he jumps in head first and he's, he's in this now about three, four years. And, um, I had closed up my business. My first business had, it had gotten to the point where it just was not sustainable any longer. I decided yeah. to throw in a towel, which was by far the hardest decision I've mm-hmm. ever made in my entire life. I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I closed that first business, uh, about $80,000 in personal debt. Mm. And I, I went to work for somebody. Uh, which is, again, this is super hard to do, especially when you've worked for yourself for so many years. So yeah. now I have to go work for somebody else, take direction from somebody else. Mm-hmm. And um, so I went and did so. And we kind of came back together about three years later, my partner and I. And, you know, we said, all right, let's let's come together as, as, a, as a business here. Let's incorporate and let's set this thing up and let's let's give it a whirl. Yeah. Uh, at first, we didn't focus on the just the GPS as we do now. Uh, we we did a lot of the the car audio and the traditional twelve volt. I'll call it such mm-hmm. as remote starters, car alarms, you know, drop down TVs, headrest TVs, all that kind of fancy stuff. Yeah, yeah. We we stuck in that uh, in that genre for quite some time, um, and then we hired a business coach, mm-hmm. which I I, <laughs> I can't say enough about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're speaking to this guy one day, and he's like, you know, you guys are all over the place. What do you mean we're all over the place? You know, we're doing pretty good over here. We're making some money and yeah. this, that, the other thing. And uh, he's like, you have no focus. <laughs> you're, you're, you're all over the place. So we listened to this guy and it was, we bumped heads for quite some time. Like, oh man, you know, I, I don't know if I want to give up that, that easy money that we're making doing this stuff that's so comfortable. Right. Yeah, that's and good work. Yeah. We got real comfortable doing the stuff that was easy and came natural. Yeah. Uh, and what we did was we decided to throw in the towel. Huh. on what we were comfortable with yeah, and dove in deep and only focused on the GPS tracking and now dash camera systems on top of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that's really interesting. Um, and I think it's a trap that a lot of entrepreneurs find themselves in. I know I, I still do at times um, where, you, you know, it's, we want to do everything. In fact, that was something early on in my career my entrepreneurial career, whenever I got out of the corporate side, um, uh, that that we had to be very careful of is not to put items on a plaque card of, you know, we do this and this and this and this and this and this. this. Mm-hmm. Instead, we are just, we're excellent at this one thing. And, and that's what we're excellent at. We're not okay at a bunch of things. And it's hard to do because to your point, that's exactly what happens is you get in business and someone says, well, hey, could you also help with this? Well, a paycheck's a paycheck. 
Yeah. And so it's, uh, it's hard sometimes to say no to those things um, when the opportunity arises. Especially in the beginning of your entrepreneurial journey. Yeah. Because listen, I'm sure you know this when you first start off, off, a lot of times you do whatever you need to do in order to make sure that you have some form of revenue coming into that company. Yeah. And a lot of times you're taking on jobs that, like, for instance, you know, there's, there's stuff that we've done in the past that if someone presented that opportunity to me now, mm-hmm. I would say, absolutely not. Have a nice day. Call this guy down the road. He can help you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but um, when, when you're hungry and you yeah. need that revenue in order to make, whether it's payroll, rent or whatever that mm-hmm. expense is that's coming due very soon, you do whatever is needed in order to do so. Yeah. Yeah. And it can be challenging to to decipher the difference between a distraction that would earn money and mm-hmm. an opportunity to grow the business. Absolutely. Um, that, that, I think that's the other thing uh, as, as young entrepreneurs trying to figure that out that, well, here's something that's going to produce revenue, but is it, mm-hmm. is it really just going to be a distraction from what I'm really able to do and what I really want to do? Or am I looking at a potential opportunity? I mean, to your point, like on the GPS side, not mm-hmm. what you set out to do, but having to determine like, well, here's an opportunity that we have to really grow and kind of take this to the next level. What do you think? So, you know, along those lines, what was it about this space that made you realize, hey, here's an opportunity and not a distraction? The sheer size of it and the fact yeah. that it is on yeah. a tremendous growth, growth curve. Yeah. Uh, if you Google telematics, mm-hmm. And you look at any of the financial reports that come up. I mean, the uh, the growth rate is just it's staggering. They're talking within the billions of dollars just in this yeah. one vertical over yeah. the next couple of years, like 2025, 2030, 2032. There's a hundred different reports you can find on Google that gives you all sorts of figures. And you know, you and yeah. I both know that none of them are necessarily true because they haven't happened yet. Right. But uh, they're all pointing in the same direction, which is up. Yeah. Yeah. So you, um, so you went out and did some research before you jumped into it. That's a, a novel idea. Uh, yeah, you know what? Don't always do. True. Uh, you know, it was a little bit of research, and a lot of it was I was still heavily in the field at the time doing the actual work. Yeah, um, yeah. And it was what I was seeing with my own two eyes. Mm-hmm. You know, here we are. We're, we're going out, and we're because our service based business, we actually go to the customer's location to service right. their. Right. So we were going to these, you know, multi-million, multi-billion dollar corporations and doing large rollouts of them. So you show up to a facility and mm-hmm. in the parking lot, there's 400 vehicles. Mm-hmm. Like I have a little calculator in my head, although it doesn't work that great sometimes. I'm not great with yeah. math. But yeah. when you look at 400 vehicles and you say, wow, just about every vehicle in there. And, and when it gets into the, the tractor trailers and the bigger vehicles, the yeah. number goes up tremendously. But right. let's say there's... 400 Ford Transit connects in that parking lot. Right. That's a $30,000, $35,000 vehicle probably. Right. You're talking some big money. Yeah. So, um, you know, just that alone, you look at it and you're just like, wow, look at the potential here. I can yeah. get involved in this industry and have almost unlimited potential if right. I build the right systems and processes within the organization and scale mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Or I can stay comfortable doing what I was doing mm-hmm. and hope to make $50,000 a year. Right. Right. Yeah. Easy choice for me. 
That's really good. And um, um, I, I love the fact that you, as you mentioned, kind of took the time to research and calculate and sort of figure out where the opportunity, again, opportunity or distraction and, and recognizing the opportunity in that. And then something really key that you said there, Thomas, that I think is really important for people to hear is if I build the right processes and systems to be able to scale it. Um, yeah. And that, that's another thing that uh, we sometimes forget about because you could have just as easily said, well, I can make $100,000 a year doing this instead of $50,000 a year doing that. And, or you could take the time to step back, build the processes and systems to, um, to, to 10X that if you needed to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, um, again, going back to, to coaching or finding mentors. Yeah. This, I'm not making any of this up. I'm not smart enough to come up with this material myself. This is all stuff that I've absorbed from people who are much smarter than me or who have been there and done that prior. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, there's some humility that comes along with that, but it's amazing the, uh, <laughs> the benefit that can come from it as well. Yeah. Do you think, um, through the course of your career, have you had any particular mentors that you think have really helped shape um, who you are as a professional, who you are as a man, or, or even just kind of help shape your career and navigating some of the ebbs and flows that have come along with that? Totally. Uh, and and they, they've changed frequently throughout my career. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I don't mean it in a derogatory sense, but I look at mentors as I've advanced myself in my career, personal life. Right. I look at them as, as stepping stones. Yeah. So I'll find a mentor. And it started out as a young age. I had uh, two uncles who were in the automotive industry Mm -hmm. uh, and I was with them all the time. When I wasn't at school or doing something with athletics, I come from a single mom. You know, my dad wasn't in the picture. So it was like, all right, well, I'm working and I don't trust you. (laughs) (laughs) So you're going with your uncle for the summer and he's going to put you to work. Yeah. You know, and my uncle, uh, one had an auto body shop and the other had a uh, used car dealership. Oh. And I was surrounded in the automotive world from a very right. young age. Yeah. And that also quickly taught me that I didn't want to do the traditional things in the automotive world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. from there, uh, I got involved in car audio and I was like, all right, well, you know, I can only teach myself so much here. Who can I go to to learn more? Right. And become the best at this. And I yeah. went and I looked and searched for that mentor. I found that person. I absorbed mm-hmm. that material. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. then I actually took a break for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, you get comfortable, you get complacent. Uh, I had a big stretch in time. Uh, and the real kick in my butt was about five years ago when my first daughter was born. Mm. And it was like, all right, here we go. We have this GPS installation business. You're working it. We're making good money. Um, but I'm on the road 20 hours a day. Right. Yeah. I, I can't do this and bring a child into the world and, and call myself a responsible parent. Yeah. You know, um, you coming from the background that I have, not that I had a bad childhood by no means, but mm-hmm. you know, my father really was not in the picture very much. Yeah. So I did not want that for my children. Right. You know, so I decided to say, all right, you know what, let's go back, take a step back here. Let's assess the situation, mm-hmm. assess, reassess the opportunity again, mm-hmm. see how can we restructure what we currently have and still get the same amount of work done. And all of that wound up leading me into further mentors, mm-hmm. uh, learning a lot about myself, my business, back to systems and processes, <laughs> core values, mm-hmm. uh, you know, mission statements, purposes. And we have come together and put all this, this structure in place within the business 
And because of that, it now allows me to do, I'll call it more powerful things such as this with you right? rather than, you know, work in the field. Yeah. You know, and yeah. that's no disrespect to the, the work in the field because as a business owner, I understand Aspect, this is the yeah. service we provide. And right. without that, I can't do this. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Well, and something I think that I really like about that is, is you recognized the season of life that you were getting into mm-hmm. um, because it's easy to ignore that. And, and to your point to say, I'm doing really well. And, and to look at, at that situation five years ago, when, when your daughter came along to say, well, look how much better uh, of, of a life I'm giving her because of how much I'm making in this business that I'm building. Um, as opposed to what it would have been had I stayed in these other industries in the past. And that, that reflection point in these life changing moments, I think is really important also for an entrepreneur to recognize when you hit those points, that's a, we should constantly kind of be reflecting and recalibrating, you know, where Mm -hmm. are we now? Where do we want to go? That should be happening on a regular basis. But when you hit those moments, those milestones in life, that is a great time. That should be a trigger to say, now's the time that I really need to reflect on that. You know, when yeah. we, when we get married, when we, when we have a kid or another kid mm-hmm. or another kid, um, you know, when, when, when a relative passes on, when these things happen, yeah. we need to use those as triggers to say, um, what, where am I now? Where do I need to be for the life of the people around me? And, mm-hmm. um, that, that's, um, I think that's very wise of you to do that at the time that you did it, uh, instead of like some, and I put myself in this case, cause this is what I did. I continued to think whenever my, my, um, uh, first two were born, especially, well, I'm going to continue to hustle, 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 hustle in the same right. way to build a life for them later. Right. Instead of recognizing, well, by doing that, I'm not there for them now. Yes, I understand um, fully. And so, you know, what the things that I could have put in place, you know, mm-hmm. then to, to make a difference in that. So that, that's very wise to have done that. And I hope others realize that's the trigger we need to remember um, when those things come up. Yeah, um, it's, um, it's, it's super important to me. And uh, it's I, I, my current mentor who I, I work closely with now is, is Ryan Stuman. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things that he preaches nonstop is, uh, is the G-code. You know, and every day there's four things you need to focus on within your life. Mm-hmm. The first thing is your genetics, which is going to be your health, your fitness, whatever you're putting into your body food wise. Yeah. The second part of that is going to be your group, which is your, your group can be your family. It could be your employees. You need to focus on those people mm-hmm. because if you don't put time into them and, and, and respect them, you know, yeah. what's the point of going and working on the other number three of the G code, which is the grind. You can work the grind all damn day long. Yeah. But if you're, if you're behind the desk, the computer in the field for 20 hours a day and you never get to see your children, what's the point? I mean, as, as a father, my children are everything to me. Yeah. You know, and I want to make sure that I'm there for them. Yeah. And I spend good quality time with them as well as my wife. I actually like my wife. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's enjoyable when you like your wife. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so one of the things that I really love, and I, I want to dive into this a little bit with you, um, mm-hmm. uh, even just on your website, that one of the kind of three pillars, and I don't know what you all call them internally, but um, one of kind of the three pillars that's that's on the site um, 
talks about your people. And so whenever you go to the about section, um, mm-hmm. it, it talks specifically about that you have a proven team, a proven system, and proven controls. And in your proven team, it mentions that you have a you know, seven-stage hiring process, that you're based on core values and you train for skill, which, which as, a, um, as a recruiter and an employment coach and, and management mm-hmm. coach, like those are, um, uh, I wish more people understood that. I mean, how important that is. Um, you know, hire for personality, hire for commitment, hire for, for values. Yeah. I have yet to find a skill out there that can't be taught to the person that has those things. Um, and so, so I want to dive into this with you a little bit. What, um, what was it through the course of building this business that you recognized the, the value and importance of putting that into hiring these technicians, these people that are out there mm-hmm. kind of representing your company every day, as opposed to what a lot of people do in this type of industry is just hire people that have the skill and then deal with the turnover and, mm-hmm. um, and complain that you can't find good employees and mm-hmm. then, you know, continue to kind of grind along. What yeah. was it that made you and the company um, realize, hey, we, this needs to be a priority for us and how we're going to bring the right people in and train them them to, to be part of our company and part of our culture? Sure. Very simple answer. We were burned. <laughs> we were, we were yeah. burned three, three hires in a row were complete bums. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you do any of the calculations, they got, if you go on Google, you can, you can find a spreadsheet that gives you, you know, enter the numbers and figure out what a, a new hire costs you that goes bad. Yep. And, you know, you'll get all different answers and I don't think any of it's an exact science, but no. the numbers are pretty staggering. Oh, right. yeah. If you add up you know, what it costs you to actually run the ads, run them through your HR system, get them trained, get them outfitted into company gear, so just, you know, shirts, hats, jackets, whatever you're, you, know, you, yeah. you have there, supply them with their tools and their van stock and all the bells and whistles, mm-hmm. plus the time you're putting into to now. You, I don't, so in this line of work, and I'm sure this goes for HVAC guys and, and auto mechanics, auto body guys, everyone has their own way of doing things. Right. Right. Okay. And I got systems and processes. Yeah. So we have very routine structured things the way we do them. Yeah. Okay. So I don't care if you have done this work for 10 years for another company, you right. might know what you're doing, but I'm going to ask you when you come into our organization, Hey, please use our way of doing this. We have mm-hmm. a reason for it. Right. So whether the person is, has the skill and understands what they're doing in the field, mm-hmm. it still takes time to get them on board and operational within your structure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we had um, before core values were very clear in our organization. Yeah. We had hired three people who had the skill, but did not fit the core values. Yeah. And like you said, it was just it, it was it was constantly a headache. Oh, you're working me too hard. Oh, I don't feel good today. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was every excuse you can think of in the book was raised with with these employees. Yeah. Yeah. Like, man, like what's going on? You know, we have, at the time we had five or six other technicians in the field Mm -hmm. and those guys, they they never complained. They they just went and they worked whatever we, whatever we gave them, they were yearning for more. Yeah. Uh, Well, how do I duplicate that? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, again, we were working uh, with, with a one-on-one business coach at the time, uh, still a mentor of mine to this day. His name is Dean Mercado. He's the owner of online marketing muscle out of Hop Mm -hmm. Hog, New York. And Dean, I walk into Dean's office and we we used to meet uh, once a Friday and uh, we walk in, he's like, Hey, you want to get a cup of coffee? Yeah, sure. So we walk over to the kitchen, you know, at the coffee maker, getting coffee. Mm -hmm. And he looks over me, he goes, man, 
you don't look good today. He goes, uh, everything all right? And I said, honestly, Dean, like yesterday, it didn't go well. Yeah. Um, the third guy came in and it didn't work out and we, we washed our hands of him. And, you know, here I am, I'm stuck in a rut. And because I hired incorrectly, I now have to go into the field and pick up his slack. Yeah. It's like, wow. You know, now if I'm in the field, I'm taking my eye off the ball of the more important roles mm-hmm. of running the business or working yep. on the business. Right. So I'm kind of depressed about that because I know what it means. I know that it means that we're losing big money in the future, not necessarily today in the future. So he looks over at me and he goes, uh, you know, I've been telling you for about three months that you need to get very clear on core values. Are you ready to listen? Finally? Hmm. I said, you know what? Ready to listen. Yeah. So we went back into his office that day and we started digging into that rabbit hole and taking that deep dive. Uh, and between him, myself and my business partner, it was about a six month long process to get clear, not only on our personal core values, which we did first. Right. And then we got clear on our business core values. Yeah. And there's definitely a clear distinction between the two. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and especially if you own or operate a business with a partner, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, as, as well as I do work with my partner, as well as, as some of the things we are aligned on, mm-hmm. our personal core values, we found out after several hours of deep conversation, mm-hmm. do not align. They, they align. Don't get me wrong. Right. Let me rephrase. They do align, but they don't align everywhere. They're not the same. Yeah. Correct. They are, they're different in certain areas. Right. So um, we needed to go into that into that office and say, all right, well, of your core values, what do we want? you know, to filter over to top class installations and the same thing for me, what, which of my core values do we want to put together and gel? So we make this awesome organization mm-hmm. and uh, we did so, but man, it was, it was tough. It took a long time. Yeah. There was, there was arguments flat out, you know, <laughs> it was not easy by no means, yeah. but you know, it's still to this day, going back to your earlier talk about, about opportunities Mm-hmm. We use those core values now to evaluate every opportunity that is presented to us as an organization, whether right. it's an employee, whether it's uh, a new vendor that wants to, to hire us, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's um, anything, anything you could possibly think of, yeah. core values are thrown up against it. Yeah. And uh, I, I think that's brilliant. Um, and, and more companies should do that. I think... <clears throat> Something I think is really important in that as well is that it needs to be companies of all size. And I think sometimes people hear the idea of core values and they think that it's, well, you know, yeah, if I'm a $10 million business, I've really got to make sure I understand who we are. Um, But if you've got two employees um, and you're a $750,000 business, Mm -hmm. you still have to have those core values. And for the exact reasons that you said there, Thomas, every decision that you make, um, every opportunity that comes along the way, do they match into that? Do they match the values that we operate our business under? Um, and uh, so uh, going back to the hiring process within that, mm-hmm. have you seen, what's your experience been? I mean, we'll just kind of ask it blanket. Like, What's your experience been since you've gone through that evolution of trying to sort of refocus your hiring process into the core values and not the specific skills? Yeah. So 
we we got clear in the core values, and then uh, the next step of the of the evolution was um, we designed a hiring process mm-hmm. that integrated core values, and we made the process very intentional and very slow. Mm-hmm. We put a lot of hoops in place, mm-hmm. a lot of things, and and basically we we designed a hiring process that auto eliminated mm-hmm. applicants. Yeah, if they did not do something specific that we asked them to do. Such as simple as sending an email with the correct subject line to a specific email address. Right. Eliminated. I'm not even going to waste my time looking at your resume. Yeah. Yeah. But those who do come through then go to a first round phone interview Mm -hmm. where specific questions, situational questions are asked. And those situational questions were designed around the core values. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. So, um, one of the other things that I really uh, like about the way that that um, you've set your company up, and again, I think this goes back to uh, the value systems is, uh, and again, I'm just looking at your website here. I mean, just real basic stuff, but the way you've really sort of thrown these things out in people's face to say, we want to make sure that you understand what you're getting into in this company um, is on your careers page. Mm-hmm. Um, right below a, a video that you have, you go through, um, it kind of lists these different things along with sort of how you define them about being coachable, professional, resourceful, mm-hmm. uh, communicator, reliable. I, I think I, I like that because before you ever see a position on the website, um, this information is right in front of you uh, to let someone know before you click that button to, to see if you're interested in working here. Mm-hmm. Um we want to make sure that you know this is the type of organization that we are and, and um, we live this out. We're going to put it right here in front of you. And I think that is, um, is an excellent way. It's, it, it is it's sort of a first filter that you may not even ever know that filtered it out. Because yeah. hopefully if someone looks at some of those things like, well, that's, you know, they're asking an awful lot for someone who's going to be working on trucks. Okay, we're asking an awful lot. Go work on Thank somebody you. else's trucks. <laughs> you just saved us a bunch of time. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I really do. Um, uh, I really do like the way that you all have set that up. I think that it's um, it's incredibly wise to do it that way. And fortunately, you've been able to reap a lot of the the rewards and benefit from doing that. Um, Thomas, one other question that I, I want to ask you about here. Um, I was, you know, I like to talk about. Uh, sort of how we are able to help others. And, and I, I first, um, just on the personality side, you know, through the course of doing business and, and starting your own business, working with the public, and now working more on kind of the B2B side and building teams, have you found, have you recognized any particular personality traits or characteristics that um, that you know you are sort of like magnets for you, that you know you, you are going to be drawn into those? Or then, uh, on the flip side of that, others that you know, when you identify and recognize these personality traits in people, man, it's just, we're opposite ends of the magnet. We got to get away from each other because this is never going to work. Yeah. Um, it's funny. In particular, I don't have a specific trait that I would say yes or no to. Yeah. Um, however, uh, it's funny that you say it because sometimes you got to be careful with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes if you're, an opposite of somebody you actually will attract to them. Sure. Oh yeah. yeah. And let me give you a quick story Mm -hmm. on it. One of the first business coaches we hired, Mm -hmm. uh, put my partner and myself through a personality assessment test. Mm -hmm. It was like a disc test, but it was, it was another brand very, very in depth. It was a 20, 25 minute, uh, long test, Mm -hmm. a couple hundred questions. And they kicked back this report to you. That's like 39 or 40 pages long. (laughs) 
I get this thing back and I'm looking at it and I'm like, oh my goodness, I can't believe this piece of paper knows all this information about me. Yeah. Yeah. So we go to meet the guy and we only got our individual tests back at that time. You know, a week later we go and we meet with the gentleman and uh, he's got, you know, up on his board, he's got both of these results back from this test. Mm Mm-hmm. And we're looking at the bar graph, my partner and the bar graph from me on the other side. And we are complete opposites mm-hmm. where he is high. I am almost in the negatives yeah. and vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and um, I, I just, I, I couldn't believe it that, you know, we could be so different yet work so well together and and come together and form a great team. Yeah. So um, one of the things that, uh, that we do, and um, what we've been able to do and do well with is we actually will put our technicians and people that we hire through a personality test. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, a, there's a great free one out there. I don't know if a lot of people are aware of it. Uh, if you go to Tony Robbins website, mm-hmm. I think it's Tony Robbins dash disc or dot disc, something along those lines. You can probably yeah. Google it. Yeah. It's a free test. Yes. You're going to have to opt into his marketing. whoop de do Right. Uh, but you have, the availability to go to a free disc assessment and it's going to give you the basics. It's going to tell you what your, your baselines are. Mm -hmm. So if you are an entrepreneur right now and you're looking to hire, let's say your first person, Mm -hmm. go and take that test and whatever person you're looking to bring onto your organization, make sure that their strengths don't match up with yours. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Something that I see, um, a lot. I mean, almost on a daily basis um, in, in the recruiting division of our company is, you know, we primarily work with small business owners. And mm-hmm. I cannot tell you how often I hear someone truly say, um, well, I need to hire somebody. Okay. You know, help me understand what you're looking for. And if I could just clone me, I need another, I need another one of me in the business because if I could get me, you know, then I could do these other things. And, and, and it's, it's, it, it becomes sort of a joke because you almost know that. So people are going to say, well, I just need another version of me. I'm like, man, then you're going to have, you're going to have twice as many people doing the things and still not getting all this other stuff done. And, um, and I remember one of the, one of the most obvious examples we ever experienced on this was someone that, you know, we went in and got to talking to him and he said, I just need someone else. I need another version of me. I need another version of me. He said, okay, what, what is it that you're needing? I need a salesperson. Mm-hmm. And so we went through this whole thing and we kind of outlined, okay, you know, what someone in sales doing in this kind of role. This was about an $80,000, um, $80,000 year job. And, uh, and so I said, okay, so help me understand why, you know, what, what are you going to be doing if you've got this person out uh, in the field selling? And he's like, well, look, I love to sell, but somebody has got to be back here. And he starts going through all of these administrative responsibilities mm-hmm. in the business that he admitted he hated, mm-hmm. but I need to be here doing this because that's that I got to take care of this for the business. And so I need someone else out there selling, even though he admitted that's the part that he loved. And so, I mean, we, we were there for, I don't know, an hour, hour and 15 minutes. And I said, I'm just going to throw this out there. Why don't we hire a $30,000 admin mm-hmm. and you go out and sell <laughs> instead of spending $80,000. And then you're in the office hating life yep. and someone else is out selling something that you know better than anybody else in this world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, and sometimes it really is that simple of just what you said, like where they're high, you're low and vice versa. And, and to be able to um, accept that they don't need to be exactly like, you know, that personalities need to be able to work well together, but by skill set and strengths and weaknesses, um, having those opposites can be a tremendous value to sure. a business because 
Um, you know, I have conversations all the time with people who say, you know, I love the um, marketing side. I love the management side, but I hate the sales side. Or mm-hmm. then don't hire people that also love what you love. It, yeah. It's not going to benefit you in the long term. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that's good. And it's interesting, too, that, that as business partners, that sort of fell in place. Um, you know, and, but those types of things, those personality assessments really help with understanding someone else and understanding how to communicate with them and understanding why they do the things they do, kind of the, the tendencies that they have. Yeah, um, I do agree. So Thomas, tell, uh, tell us how we can learn more about you, learn more about your, your company and your organization and, and connect with you. Well, a uh, couple things going on. So you can, you can find me uh, at uh, thomaskeenan.com. Uh, it's a new website. It's about to launch in about uh, a little less than a week. Uh, so it's, it's not live this very second, but it, it, will it, be it should be live when this goes out. So that's awesome. Yeah. That's so awesome. it will be live. Good. Uh, so uh, I actually just wrote my first book. Oh, awesome. Which is cool. I'm looking very uh, forward to that coming out as well. Yeah. Uh, it has to do a lot with core values and structuring a business and okay. becoming the or starting as a technician and transitioning into the owner or the CEO of the, of the operation. Uh, yeah. It tells a lot about my stories and what I went through to get to where I am at this point in time. Uh, so I'm very, very excited about that. That book should be out around April 15th of mm-hmm. 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as other places you can find me, you can always find me on my website for Top Class Installations, which is topclassinstallationswithans.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, on social media, you can search me on Facebook, Thomas Keenan. There is no H in my name, T-O-M-A-S. Yeah. Uh, and you can also find me at uh, at Thomas underscore Keenan on Instagram. All right. And LinkedIn as well. Same thing. Perfect. Well, Thomas, thank you so much. Look, I love, uh, I love the story. I love what you've been able to do in, um, uh, in really identifying the, kind of the fundamental principles that you've got to operate your business and build your team on um, and stay true to that over time. It's a hard thing to do. It takes a lot of discipline and humility. Um, and so uh, thank you for being a great example of that in business today. And uh, thanks for coming on and sharing your story. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I enjoyed our talk today. Thank you for checking out today's Business Playmaker. Links to the resources discussed in today's episode are available in the show notes. For more information and resources from your host, you can visit him at www.kylegorman.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast for the latest episodes. And until next time, make it a great day.